0: Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the
1: lob. Oh. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Oh. Got Got it. it! Giannis
2: Antetokounmpo. Hey there, welcome to Binge the Bucks, a special narrative podcast series focusing on the Milwaukee Bucks 2019 playoff run. And part of the Eurostep podcast. I'm Ty Windish, and I'm here with Rohan Kadi to break down the first game in the first series in the Bucks 2019 run a 121 86 stomping of the Detroit Pistons. This podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, and the Eurostep is proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Rohan, welcome. And before we get into uh, game one here of the 2019 playoff run, we should probably break down what and why we're doing what we're doing and such, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, we're doing this because if you don't know, the NBA doesn't really exist right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, the NBA is a bunch of reports about the NBA maybe coming back in in months and months from now, unfortunately. Um, obviously, it's not anyone's biggest. Well, it, it probably is some people's biggest concerns because people have bad priorities. It shouldn't be anyone's biggest concern. There's a lot of real world stuff going on right now. Of course, I'm speaking about uh, COVID-19, the uh, strain or brand, whatever, whatever the right noun is, the coronavirus that is uh, shutting down, kind of in a way like how life works around the whole world. Uh, it's gotten to most con- a lot of countries, at least I think by now. Um, obviously very serious you know we're practicing social distancing Rohan and I are recording this alone in rooms far far apart from each other but uh, it's serious it's very real and it's I think for a lot of people it sunk in how real it was when the NBA and other sports leagues and and stuff kind of went on this hiatus to keep people you know kind of distant from each other to, to help prevent the spread of this this terrible
1: disease so
2: yeah, we are uh, we are on a break. We don't know how long that break is going to be. We don't know when the NBA is going to come we, back. We
1: really don't know anything.
2: Yeah, no, we don't know anything. We don't know if the NBA is going to come back this season at all. Uh, it seems like the herd is not going to come back, which absolutely stinks. But Rohan and I wanted to keep podcasting. You know, we I think people want and need content and something to do in these trying times. And I know certainly Rohan and I need something to do in these trying times. So we wanted to keep doing the podcast, and we figured – Let's basically completely rip off of binge mode and run through something near and dear to our hearts. The Bucks twenty nineteen playoff run. Of course the ending is not gonna be
1: We're we're not there yet. We're not there the, yet. we're not
2: there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> but we'll 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 cross that bridge when we come to it. But it is something good something good to talk about. It is the highest high of, of recent memory for a long, long time for the Milwaukee Bucks since the seventies or since the eighties, but well I mean two thousands. But largely it's been, been a while. one of the high points. Yeah, it's been nearly twenty years. So so let's do. It. I mean, is there any, did I miss anything in this in this sort of explanation here, Rohan?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I just, yeah, I want to say I'm excited to do this. This is really fun, and I hope you all like it.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, of course, we wish the circumstances were better. This would have been an ideal off season, like you know, after the season when everything is going as planned. Project that would have been great, but uh, nonetheless, we've uh, we've we've got some content at least. So. I mean, let's without further ado, Rohan. Do you want to set the stage for the very first game of the Milwaukee Bucks playoff run?
1: Of course. So, it's a April fourteenth, two thousand nineteen, Pfizer Forum game one. This sounds really dramatic. Um, <laughs> it is. But it felt dramatic because when I was rewatching this and I was just sort of you know getting the pregame vibes, it felt really special. The crowd was really really into this. And that's because this was the first game of, like we said, in a long time, it was going to be expected to be a very deep playoff run. The Bucks had the best record in the league. They were 60-22. and 22. And it seemed like everything was going to go great. It was the start of a very deep playoff run, like I just said. And so the crowd was into it. It just felt super hyped. This was a TNT game uh, with uh, Spiro Didis and Greg Anthony. Who I thought were great in this game, yeah, um, and it was just a lot of fun. One thing I forgot somehow happened was that Sterling Brown was a starter for the Bucks in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was I was right there with you. I was watching this, and I like I kind of I don't know I kind of glossed over it early. Like I I kind of looked down like the middle of the first, and you see Sterling out there, and kind of like oh wow Sterling Brown's getting some early run in this game, and I sit there and think about it. Oh, that's right. Malcolm Brogdon doesn't play this whole series. So used to watching the Bucs without Malcolm Brogdon now, it just felt obvious that he wouldn't be out there. But no, this whole series was like buying time. There was a a real narrative at the time was like, if the Bucs can handle their business and get rid of Detroit quickly, they can buy extra time to bring back Brogdon. That was the case this series. Certainly, I did not remember Sterling was the guy to start. I'm right there with you.
1: Yeah, I like obviously someone had to start for Brogdon, but I just <laughs> forgot it was Sterling because it it just seems it seems so far like in the past because he's sort of fallen out of the rotation like this uh, nineteen twenty season he's just sort of at the end of the rotation but he was starting playoff games I don't know that was just wild to me and he on was good he was yeah he was playing really good we <laughs> we were so excited about Sterling coming into the season oh, and he kind of disappointed us. Yeah. I I think some of it it's it's hard. I mean there's a lot of veterans that got brought in
2: and everything else, but it is it was so bizarre looking back. It it reminded me of someone on the other team, Don Maker, and that I was just watching this like, oh my god. I remember now at the time thinking, Wow, Sterling might be ready to become a a spot starter or something next year. Like Sterling I thought Sterling would be playing the way Dante's playing right now, is like the guy who steps up if if a starter is out or the guy who's making his case to be in the starting five and it is bizarre and sad that that didn't happen. Or at least mm. it hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, one thing I just want to say before we get into the actual game itself was that I just, re-watching this game, they were they had the best record in the league, as I said. They are so much better this season. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> the, the the escape valves and, and the play and everything that we talked about that the Bucks adapted – Looking back, even in this game, that it was the most lopsided game of the the series, probably the entire postseason for the Bucks, but they still didn't look as good. good. They, I, I think they I scored
1: 121 completely. points. Ty, the Bucks like for 1920 are averaging 119.
2: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow, that that's a stat right there. I like that.
1: So I don't know. That was just wild. Okay, but let's let's get into the quarter by quarter recap. So. What what did you what did you notice right away from the uh, start in like quarter one?
2: I, I think a fun bit of trivia is if you had asked me earlier who scored the first points in this playoff run, I wouldn't have guessed Brooke Lopez.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a nice fun uh, double uh, screen action uh, with uh, what was it Sterling uh, and Brook Lopez with Chris running it, yeah. And then it ends in an alley oop to Lopez after he draws Drummond off of him. Like that that was a that fun was a beautiful wrinkle. play design
2: it was I I enjoyed that so that that leapt out to me right away I wouldn't have guessed Brook Lopez but I think the thing that jumps out early and it kind of carried throughout the entire series a couple things were going on one without Blake out there it's probably safe to say Andre Drummond is the best piston Reggie Jackson makes a case I would disagree with that he makes a better case in game two Reggie does Um, but that's that's fine but certainly one of their best players one of their key players is Andre Drummond and Mm -hmm. It was just so obvious that any team playing the Bucs, and that's true last year. It's still true this year. I think maybe even more last year. Like, if you're a center who cannot stretch out Brook Lopez, you're just toast against the Bucks. And that, like the Andre Drummond minutes, I think his plus-minus in game one. Minus, was 45. Like minus 45. Minus <laughs> 45. Kind of tells the story. But, like, if you let Brook Lopez be comfortable on, on both ends, like Andre Drummond really does, It's just over for you, and that was apparent, obviously, with the dunk right away. But Drummond in this game could not really do anything, Uh, and then on the other end, Giannis was unguardable. Like they just they they did not have an answer. They didn't have an answer all series, but especially without Blake to at least be annoying, and and we'll get there in in the next few episodes uh, when when Blake does emerge later. Um, But without especially early when it's just Don and Andre Drummond. Giannis just completely has his way with the entire Pistons all the time. And, and there's times in the series, looking back and rewatching it, you kind of forget just how vital Giannis really is. Because I think this year, that that happens sometimes, but most of the time it's more spread out, more diverse. But Giannis really was just such a force in this series. Whenever the Bucks needed a bucket, he was there. And, and that certainly, it was true right away in this one. And uh, it would end up being true the entire time. I mean, Giannis and Brook gone an eleven to two run themselves before any other Bucks scores, and it would have been thirteen to two. But Giannis missed his first two free throws of the game. No. So what? What were your first quarter takes?
1: Well, it was just it was Giannis. He was going into attack mode. You said he was unstoppable. He he said he was unstoppable on his second <laughs> and one in the first two minutes and five seconds. Uh, he said, "I'm effing unstoppable."
2: I forgot. I always for I forgot about that until the rewatch. That's such a. This this is like was the year Giannis
1: really went bad. I feel like he he was it was it's. I feel like it started at the beginning of that season because they yeah. said after they absolutely demolished the KD Warriors in like early in the season. Uh, I think Kristen Ledlow asked like, "Oh, what does this mean?" As a statement, he was like, "We've arrived," and Ooh. this was that was the regular season. This is the playoffs, and Giannis wanted to send a message, and he did. Like I said, two for in the first two minutes and five seconds of the game. He had six points, two rebounds, and those six points came from two and ones.
2: Uh, well, yeah. What was this game like mere weeks after uh, he's a effing baby, right? Yes, it was. That was just before the playoff run.
1: It was. And, yeah, Giannis had 11 points in the quarter. The Pistons' starting lineup had 12.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the Bucks do—I don't know if I said this right. The Bucs win that quarter 38-18. to 18. Again, it was a tone setter for this game. It was a tone setter for this series. It really just felt like the Bucks Im- imposing their will and saying, you simply cannot stop us. And I think, I mean, again, that, that, that held up the entire time. That that really did not change throughout most of this series.
1: It did um, not. It was just, it, it was the Bucks sending a message like, we're not messing around. You are not even close to our level. It's They felt almost like offended that they had to play the Pistons, you know. (laughs) Just in general, like they had to do this, like a first round matchup. Like it, it just looked like just let's get this over with. Like we're so much better than you.
2: Yeah, that's that's really just moving on. That's how the second quarter kind of felt as well. It was a closer quarter. The Bucks win that one, thirty-two to twenty-five, to again hold a commanding twenty-plus point lead at halftime. And one of the one of the I didn't note a ton from this quarter just because it did just feel kind of like. There was a lot of this series that really felt kind of like just running through the motions all around. But what I thought was hilarious is like a random goat convo broke out with the, with the broadcast crew during this quarter. Like the second quarter, but it was already they were talking about like, I just randomly hear, uh, I forget who it was, say. You know, a lot of people Greg saying, Anthony, yeah. it was Greg Anthony, just talking about like if LeBron or or, or Jordan is the GOAT, and just like, what? Yeah. You know the game is getting a little bit out of hand when they just start talking about the GOAT combo and there's nobody in the current game who's actually in said combo. Like they just broke that out because they were tired of watching like Sterling Brown make good passes and, and pick off
1: passes on the other end and such. Mm. One thing that was notable from this quarter was that Luke Kennard really showed out. He had yeah. thirteen of his twenty-one in uh, this quarter, and he went three for four from distance. Like, this is the birth of Luke Kennard as a Bucks killer. Uh, it was. It was. He he played really well this entire series, but it it started in the second quarter because you know he wasn't starting the game uh, for some reason. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, just questionable stuff there. I know it was something about like keeping their bench alive or. Or, uh, there was like a shot dot distribution thing with Casey. I don't really remember exactly what, but, I mean, if you look at the Pistons starting, Reggie Jackson, who was in this game, Bruce Brown, who has come a long way but just wasn't there yet, Thon Maker, Wayne Ellington, and then Drummond. Like you said, I mean, the starters after the first quarter, the starters at the end of the game, outside of Drummond and Jackson, combined for 11 points. Ellington had five. Huh, so and it's I remember, Giannis first quarter. Yeah, the, the rest of the starters were Giannis first quarter. I remember Wayne Ellington, it was a big deal when he went to the Pistons and didn't go to a contender. He shot two for 10 overall in this game. Five (laughs) points, minus 41. Vaughn also shoots two for 10. 0 for 6 from deep. Four points total. And then Bruce Brown just two shots, one point. Literally his only other stats were a turnover and and a foul. So the Pistons starting five just did not have it. Luke Kennard, if you look back, only plays, I mean only, it was second on the team, but just plays twenty seven minutes, he's a minus nine in that, which sounds bad, but the best starter was a minus sixteen and that was Thon. Can we talk about Am I misremembering? I was going into this, was there an actual sort of concern that we might get revenge series Thon maker?
1: I don't know if it was an actual concern, but we had seen playoff Thon in that series against yeah. the Raptors, yeah. so it was just like maybe we're going to see playoff Thon again, like combined with revenge game, like
2: like I I don't know I don't know yeah, if I was he,
1: he requested a trade, oh my yeah, god, I forgot about out that. Of the best Until team I was in the rewatching the series, I forgot that Thon Maker requested a trade from the Bucks. <laughs> just like, the that most was just, confusing. It was move. amazing. It's just it's so
2: funny, like. You just don't request a trade from the best team in the league. I mean, Thon ends up eighth on the Pistons in scoring per game in this series. He started two games for on. <laughs> just rough stuff, rough stuff from Thon. And this is something that we've seen this year as well. Giannis is a bully if you leave the team. Like, Giannis mm-hmm. is not a big fan of that. Like, if you leave the Bucks and you are like his little bro, basically on the team, he will bully you. We saw him bully Christian Wood. We've certainly seen him bully Thon Maker a lot. Like, if DJ Wilson goes somewhere else to play, like, next year or two years from now, Giannis is going to yam on him.
1: Yeah, no, for and sure. And we know
2: it'll be Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm. That's where all former Bucks go. <laughs> it is. Yeah, like, is. Uh, Tony Snell, who did not play in this game because he was injured, I think?
2: Yeah, yeah, he had... Uh, I should have looked this up on the way in. He had some sort of leg or quad thing, I think.
1: Yeah. And then he didn't
2: end up playing much in the playoffs at all, unfortunately. No, he didn't,
1: but... You know, former former Buck now on the Pistons. Uh, who else was Tim Frazier? Was- Tim
2: Frazier. If you Tim Frazier's minutes played is hysterical.
1: Yeah, because we'll get to it later. But he actually we'll played, to. which is magical. It um, is. But yeah, well, let's, this- let's. We're gonna get to the second half in one second. But
2: first, I need to let you know, Rohan, and you already know this probably, but all of our listeners. With no, currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong about thinking that. BetOnline.ag still has hundreds of places to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all completely online. Stay home, social distance, but still bet. Sports aren't totally done either, there's still mixed martial arts, and esports is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can also bet on American Idol, The Elections, The Spelling Bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Always a a favorite of somebody's, probably. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Go get yourself something to do, folks. BetOnline.ag, your new ticket to online action.
1: Let's talk about the second half. Yeah, so the second half started a lot like the first half it was just you want to know what i wrote down for the third quarter what uh, did you write down boy was this just bullying uh <laughs> I, at one point the lead swelled to 43 it was yep. just it was an absolute decimation yep so my that that was like a lot of my
2: takeaway too was like wow this is just mean um we saw really good sterling brown work off of the bounce on closeouts like he was attacking the basket and and kind of finding some open shooters when he got closed out on hard. It's just really some decisive play. You can tell. You can just see, like, the more opportunity a guy has, especially a younger, like, unproven player, you can see how that confidence plays off of him. Like, Sterling was in his zone starting these playoff games. And, again, it is one of those things. That was not like, the only bittersweet part of this series. I mean, besides kind of knowing what happens later in, in this playoff run. But besides from that, like, just looking at the Pistons series, the bittersweet part of it for me was seeing – that Sterling looks so good and really remembering why myself and, and probably you and so many other people were so high on him. He did look really good in these opportunities. Yeah. But my other big takeaway from this quarter, the Bucs win this one 27-18, so really the game is, is over after this. A lot of Detroit's makes weren't good shots. And I think this is something that we're going to see more and more as we go through the rest of this series. Like They're making a lot of like a running layup that – You know, Kareem's hard off the backboard and goes in over Brooke Lopez. Or, like, Reggie Jackson is throwing up some junk. Like, Don Maker is, you know, taking a mid-range shot. that's not a great look, but he, he gets it to roll in. Like, I think that's really the reason this thing got out of hand is you watch this game, and we did watch this game. Detroit never really got comfortable the whole series, especially in these first two games without Blake, who was obviously, you know, really dominated the ball in their offense all year. They just, they did not get good shots. It was like they were living off of Luke Kennard coming off of screens and stuff. Otherwise, it's like Reggie Jackson and Ish Smith just throwing up junk, and that is not a way to beat the Milwaukee Bucks when they are rolling.
1: No, it was, like you said earlier, is just the Pistons, they're they are running kind of inside offense, and that just does not work against the Bucks. You, you, no, no, you have, no. I was about to say the Lopez, Lopez twins, you have Brooke Lopez. <laughs> just one you have you have a singular to win in there uh you have Brook lopez and then you have Giannis on the backside defense like you can't you can't do anything and so no. when you're the pistons and all you can do is sort of try and dominate size and you can't dominate size against your opponent you 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 can't do anything you just throw up prayers and hope they go in sometimes and they did hey they managed to score 86 points i'm really proud of them <laughs> um I,
2: I lied when I said there was just one bittersweet part about this series.
1: Oh, yeah. I was I was going to say um, me watching Nikola Mirotic uh, check-in was just painful. Uh, chills. Yep. Was that what you were going to say?
2: Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, was I was literally going to say we had to watch Nikola Mirotic play center. That was that was the worst part about all this. And Ersan has a bad game in this one, too. But Shocker. Ersan, Ersan 0 for 4 was 0 points. But he had a lot of rebounds. He had two. Ersan had two blocks. There was one I actually had to rewind ursan like came across and slapped a shot out of there while someone was going up i forget who now but lopez was in the area too and i kind of had to run it back i was like did ursan really block that like did ursan was ursan really out here blocking stuff just last year he doesn't feel like he's been doing a lot of that this year but yeah despite the 0 for 4 0 for 3 from deep showing for ursan he does have two offensive boards six total rebounds two assists two blocks yeah, probably, probably, literally all of those stats came on two total possessions. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Nikola Mirotic as back him and slash Ersan as backup center was obviously the Bucks' biggest hole. Besides, mm-hmm. like just you know having like prime Kyrie or somebody back there because obviously Chris Middleton was not totally weaponized yet. He has a pretty bad game, mm-hmm. five for thirteen from the field. Nah, they're, 14 they're, points. their
1: best backup big was injured. Pau Gasol. <laughs> Oh Pau oh, Gasol was... was on this team. Like, I forgot well, did, about that, Did too. we see
2: him on the bench at all in this I think series? so. Yeah, we did. That is so funny. To always, that's, that's good trivia right Bucks there. Bucks legend
1: Pau Gasol. Bucks Played legend. Like but one and a half games, then broke his foot.
2: His impact will be forever be felt. They'll probably name a training facility after him someday.
1: Uh, but yeah. It's... Nico
2: Miritich, man. Oh, that that's, that's t- the funny part about it. Pau Gasol recruited Nico. He did, didn't he? Where was it? Vice versa.
1: Oh, no, it was vice versa. When,
2: was it vice versa? Yeah, yeah Nico, because trade deadline, then buy. It. Yeah.
1: So Nico got Pau Gasol to join the team, and they both had a negative to zero impact. So he team. couldn't even recruit a good guy,
2: Nico. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even help us out there. Nope. God, just, in this game. Watching
1: him trot his, himself, mm-hmm. himself out on the second quarter was just, I I actually wanted to look away.
2: Well, he, at least he did lead the team in mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> Niko goes 0 for 5 from deep, 2 for 8 total, 4 <laughs> points, 4 turnovers. How do you have 4 turnovers? Playing 14 minutes is backup 5. I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> 4 points, 4 turnovers, 1 assist, and no rebounds. Niko Miritich, ladies and gentlemen, even in— I, I kind of remember this now, remembered this, like, looking back. Even at the time, it was kind of worrying that, like, even at this point, he just was not good, like, or, on either end. That's the thing, like— Marvin Williams, even if he's not hitting shots on this team that hopefully will play games again at some point, like at least you know you have a good wing defender, a good chemistry guy, etc. Like Nico was just not many of those things and this game really was like a solid summation of the whole the whole Nico's experience, this playoff run, like it just did not
1: work out. It it did not. It really didn't, but this yeah, this is just making me upset. But (laughs) <laughs> uh, do, do we have anything else on the third quarter? Because the fourth quarter um, was uh, garbage time. The entire yeah, quarter was. was garbage time. We got, we got Tim Fraser in there. We got DJ out there. Sterling, Nico, and
2: George Hill was the first lineup. I always, I always laugh at those when it's like four and guys, and then one like super reliable vet. Like, what did George Hill do to deserve that lineup?
1: He he was just. There were there were too many injuries. <laughs> like. Brogdon was out, Snell was out, Dante was out, Pau Gasol was out. Well,
2: like, Pat, Pat C actually ended up needing a breather. Pat C played a lot in this game. He was played, he played more a lot than, in this playoff. He, he played the, the most minutes of anyone in this whole game.
1: I didn't even realize that.
2: Because <laughs> yeah. the start none of the starters played. That yeah, was, that we, should, was a, a... we should
1: mention that Giannis had 24, 17, and 4 in 23 and a half minutes. Yep. Uh, 23 and, uh... and a half minutes. Let me say that again. 24, 17, and 4. Like, I know we've become accustomed to that this season, but that's just insane. This is a playoff game. <laughs>
2: like, the worst part about... The only bad part about Giannis's game is he's 5 for 12 from the free throw line.
1: Yeah, that was painful. Like, his first two attempts that he missed, that was just Ugh. like... Uh... Yeah. And it sort yeah, of set was... the stage, but it Luckily, was... Luckily,
2: he kind of made everybody forget about that with the rest of his game, but no, he was brilliant as always. He
1: was just i know we're circling back to the first quarter but he was just absolutely dominant like he was just yeah. he was dunking everything he took off from the free throw line almost mhm and just well, for just for no reason
2: this was like the kind of game where it, it was so apparent he could do literally whatever he wanted at any time it almost became harmful later because in the later rounds and and further in the future we're going to see Giannis trying to do this kind of stuff against everybody but some teams are just much better equipped than these poor, poor Pistons were. So it, it was almost like a a negative in a sense. It was like, you know, like when you play basketball by yourself and you can get to any shot, and then you actually go try to play against someone, and all of a sudden none of your shots are there because you're not used to actually having someone guard you. I can speak about this with great authority for a reason, folks. So it's almost <laughs> like that. Like Giannis is used to such minimal resistance that when it was there, I think it kind of. Threw him and the whole team off. So again, one of the one of the things that'll just come with your first real playoff run, especially for Giannis, after he became that MVP caliber player. But it's it certainly the fun part of it was watching this game and just saying, "Oh yeah, he just is gonna go dunk whenever he feels like it." And there's nothing that Don Maker or Andre Drummond or whoever, whichever other poor souls would get switched onto him. There's nothing they can do about it. Oh, here's one thing I forgot: Zaza Pachulia was on the freaking Pistons. Yes. That was like I was like I triple taked. I remember now. Again, it was one of those like flashback moments. Like, please don't hurt anyone on our team, Zaza. Mm -hmm. If you could, that'd be great.
1: Not do that. Because it was. Oh no! It had been two years at that point since he injured Kawhi, but he was still. It was still very scary because I, I had, like, that memory, too, where it's just like, you know what, Zaza, yeah. please like, don't, like, I, I remember tweeting about, like, Mike Budenholzer, please do not put Giannis on the floor when Zaza's on the floor.
2: Yeah, yeah, I remember that now.
1: It's just like, just let, let's not take any risks here. And now he no. works for the Warriors, doesn't he? Does he? I'm pretty sure he's in, like, an organizational role with them. They, they like to do that. They
2: have Steve Nash. It's not
1: really a comparison I would
2: ever thought I'd make. Zaza and Steve Nash in the yeah, same boat. Why would you compare
1: Steve Nash to Zaza? I don't know.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: Zaza's Steve Nash dead.
2: has never said anything is possible. What is
1: Zaza? No, nothing easy. Nothing. Nothing easy. easy. Game seven. Nothing was easy for Zaza's team in this game. No, nothing was easy for Zaza. He took six shots in a playoff game in 2019. Like that's just <laughs> insane. Oh Pistons. Yes. Oh Pistons. They were, indeed. They were
2: so horribly on it, and they got a buyout guy, and they were. I mean, obviously without Blake, that's what killed him. but. They had a buyout guy, and they just weren't. Yeah, it was
1: Wayne Ellington and Wes Matthews who were the odd people out in buyout markets because they were trying to go to like bad teams to try and get like a big contract. Yeah, didn't Wes go to Indiana last mm-hmm. year? Huh? Did it? I don't know. What? I don't even know where Wayne Ellington is right now. I couldn't tell you. He went to the Knicks, didn't he? Did he? Probably. I thought oh, he, he did. went to the. Yeah, Knicks. you're right. Yeah, I don't know. How, they probably paid him a bunch of money. Uh, yeah, of course. Yep, because, yeah, the Knicks, whatever. Yep. Uh, so what What else do you want to... Oh, one thing I wanted to say about this game. You hinted at it earlier, but Chris Middleton, not really fully weaponized. Like you said, it was a mm. lot of... It was a lot of just threes and layups, and that was just this entire team. And, it, it like, the entire Bucks team was just taking threes and layups, because that's what they did the entire season, and that sort of hurt them in the end. Yeah. But... It's it's nice to see how much they adapted this season because now Chris is, like, fully embracing, like, his mid-range game. Like, Budenholzer's letting him do that, and now he's just so much better. Mm. Like, Chris Middleton was good in this game, like, 14 points, 25 minutes, like, and four for seven from three. But it's still, like, he could be so much better, and we've seen yeah. that.
2: He only made one shot within the arc. Oh, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that stood out to me. He was one four six i think on on twos now, that probably didn't help the whole you know chris should shoot more twos thing with bud very much but that, that's weird it was to him see trying to get to the rim yeah which isn't yeah, really which, a strong suit and without without the pick and rolls usually mm-hmm. although we did see we did see playmaking chris on display i mean he had five rebounds and four assists in this game no turnovers so like you said like not a horrible game by any means a, a solid game but Certainly not. We would not ever want to see this in the twenty twenty playoffs. Exactly. From Chris.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to hit for this game?
2: Um, what I mentioned before, Tim Frazier's minutes are hilarious because he plays exactly twelve minutes. Oh yes, just the is. fourth quarter, mm-hmm. like just the, the they dusted off old T. Mm-hmm. Um I just I forgot notes.
1: how much roster turnover there was. Yeah, that's an interesting like
2: storyline of this game i mean you look and obviously four starters are back and the fifth starter from this game is still on the team but one new starter and then pat and george hill and and ursan but otherwise like, like the Mirage rest is of the guys gone tim
1: frazier's gone brogdon's gone yep. snell's gone pow is D- gone dj and sterling don't really play yeah and Dante's a key contributor yeah like they, yeah, this, this team has changed so much and like just adapting
2: it now. I mean, if you just plug in Dante for Pat's minutes in this one, and and then plug in Marv for Ursan, imagine how much plug better. Plug in Dante for Sterling. Yeah, that too. That too. And then Ed Wes in there as well. They they are, they are definitely better this time around. That was something I, I noticed as well. You said it earlier, and I think you said it well. But especially now, just looking at like how everything has changed and evolved, and also you get to drop in 2020 Chris for 2019 Chris, which is a big upgrade. Mm,
1: for sure. This. T- Like this team is like, it was historically dominant and it's just, it's nice to see um, how much better the team is, but also it's a little bittersweet, but it's, it's fine. I'm not crying. You are.
2: Um. (laughs) I have one. I have a fun fact for you. Ooh, let me hear it. Based on this fourth quarter. So that, do you know what the final score of the fourth quarter was just Uh, itself?
1: Yeah, I do.
2: So the Pistons win 25 to 24. It's their first one quarter of the series, Mm -hmm. despite this series being you know a series of of just blowout games none of them were really all that close the bucks did not win all four quarters of any individual game
1: huh that's actually it
2: wasn't always just like fourth quarter garbage time either we'll see in later series the pistons actually have some some stronger moments than you remember looking back They, they would rally for a little while at a time but they just couldn't do it you know for a full game they just didn't didn't have that in them
1: no, they did not. But that's actually really interesting. They barely got it. This game, they <laughs> got it by yeah. one
2: point. Of course, it was all all garbage time. I mean, the Pistons too. They didn't play their guys for hmm.
1: heavy minutes. I mean, in this like any time the Pistons sort of trotted out any of their lineups, it was garbage time. But uh, for the box, how many? Least... Wait, wait, don't
2: don't look at the box score right now. Okay. How many Pistons bench players in this game do you think you could
1: name? Oh God, uh, Kennard. Yep, there's eight of them. Okay, one down. I'm not. I'm turning away from my monitor right now. Okay. Okay. Canard, Pachulia. Yep. Um. Oh.
2: Uh. <laughs> Here, let me let me just go through them from wait, most wait, let, me try, let me try and get okay.
1: one more. Uh. Oh, Ish Smith. Ish Smith. Yep.
2: I'll, I'll give you a hint. There's a, a a pirate captain. There's a what? Langston Galloway. That's a oh. pirate name.
1: Oh, it is a pirate name.
2: Langston Galloway Galloway plays twenty four minutes and they like they, they were so small they would have like two or three even of Reggie Jackson, Bruce Brown, Ish Smith, and Langston Galloway, and that is just that is tiny. Mm-hmm. So those you got most of the ones who played the most. Uh Glenn Robinson oh, is on the Sixer
1: savior, Glenn Robinson, <laughs>
2: Sixer Savior. He scores four points in nineteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Thomas, who's still on the Pistons, plays a lot is with the really? drive.
1: John Luer, a uh, Bucks legend.
2: Yeah. Future Bucks mistake. Or uh, no, former Bucks mistake. Kind of, they did salary dump, but they just they would take him from the Pistons. Recently, I I just call that trade a mistake. Jose Calderon plays three minutes in this game. <laughs> if you had asked me if Jose Calderon was ever on this Pistons team, I would have said no. I don't I, I don't think he was. He was <laughs> three minutes, three assists, no other stat. That's a Jose Calderon game.
1: That's amazing.
2: That is amazing. So. That's the, uh, so that's he, the fourth quarter. he just quarter. played the fourth quarter. Yep. There's three minutes of it, I guess. That, that, what what an, like, a mad, his per 36 after this game for the for the series, for the postseason. 36 assists, no <laughs> points, no rebounds, no shots. Just the point guard dream line, except maybe some steals in there. Back in his day,
1: he would be considered an elite point guard. Yeah. 36 oh, yeah, call, <laughs> assists for
2: 36. All they wanted to do, Scott Skiles numbers. <laughs> oh, my God. All-time leading single assist in one game record, Scott Skiles. Is it really? Really? Uh, yeah, I've tried to break it down 2K. It's really hard. Wait, how many is it? It's like 20-some. Dang. I'm Googling. But anyway, um, let's see. 30. Dang. Scott Skiles had 30 assists in one game, 1990, back when the pace was absolutely insane, and it was a Nuggets game.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's... Oh, that's fun! I'm gonna to have to watch those highlights later. We Orlando, have a lot of time to Orlando watch Magic. highlights. Orlando Magic. What'd you say? We have a lot of time to watch highlights now. We do. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, we do. Um, let's get to the series vibe. I think this is gonna be pretty simple. This was the sentence I wrote down. We thought it would be the Bucks dominating the whole way this series, and we were right.
1: Yeah. No, I couldn't say it any better myself. It was just—it was very indicative of what this entire series would be. It was a 35-point win for the Bucks that honestly felt like 35 wasn't enough.
2: Yeah, I mean they had it—they had it at 43 before garbage time, and I remember what's funny looking back, and maybe it was more true than we thought. But one of the concerns about this series, one of probably the only concern, was what if it's too easy for the Bucks right now, and later rounds take them by surprise for being more difficult. Maybe there was something to that because this was, I mean, in that sense it wasn't ideal, but if you, if you don't think that's a factor, if you don't think that matters, if, and I, I don't really, if you don't think like, ease, like easily defeating teams is bad, then it was pretty much the ideal way to start a series. I mean, the Bucks just dominate Detroit's quote-unquote best players besides Canard, can't really do anything, and the Bucks are absolutely able to play the way they want to play, they're comfortable, and they just roll.
1: Yeah, like just it, like best player for the Bucks is Giannis. Best player for the Pistons was Andre Drummond, and that's that. That's not that's not ideal. Lot. Yeah, it that, says a It says everything yeah. you need to know.
2: Yeah, so I think I think that's all we've got for Game One. Unless there's any other any other points you wanted to make, Rohan.
1: Uh, no, I think I think we can wrap it up for this Game One edition of Binge the Bucks, which I really like that name. You got you came up with that name. I'll give you all the credit. Thank you. I uh, it's really that. good. I like it a lot. Thank um, you. But yeah, I hope we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Eurostep and we'd like to thank you for listening. I know these are trying times, but you know, thanks for supporting our content. I hope you enjoy the content that we're putting out and we'll try our best to, you know, keep this going during these times. Um but if you didn't like this episode, Tell people about it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. They all have a lot of time because they should be uh, social distancing. Um, and if you want to tell, just the void. Um, you know, leave a leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or your, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, you know what? Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. Check out all of the great podcasts on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're all still going strong, even though there aren't many sports. We're still going strong and we will continue to do that. We will bring you people what you want during this hiatus. And we will talk to you next time for the game two of the Bucks pistons series for the ones who get
0: going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together for the pathfinders, breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call,
1: clickranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.